gentlemen and lady are, are here already. Pat, and uh, and I'm not I'm not going to take what your what place up here. So. I'm, I'm not going to sing. No, no, it's bad enough I play drums. Um, the focus today we're going to be looking at uh, John 10, uh, which talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, and we're going to unpack what that means. Uh, it's a little bit difficult because we, does anybody here know a shepherd? That's why it's going to be a little difficult. So you're going to have to listen, uh, and we'll 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 get all of that out with the message. But we do have a good shepherd. We have a great shepherd. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're able to, if you wish, you can stand or sit, but worship the Lord. Morning, church. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with richest as with the richest of foods. With singing my lips with singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Your love is everlasting. It's an everlasting love. Your mercy is as new as every rising of the sun. And your loving kindness, loving kindness is better than life. Your grace is all sufficient, it's an all sufficient grace. Your power and your glory are forever on display. And your loving kindness, loving kindness is better than life. Oh, Loving kindness is better than life. Fairest of ten thousand, of ten thousand you are fair, and nothing in this world could ever measure or compare to your loving kindness. Loving kindness is better than life. All your ways are just, O oh Lord, you're just in all your ways. And I will lift my hands, O oh Lord, with gratitude and praise. For your loving kindness, loving kindness is better than life. Oh, it's better. Oh, better than life. Oh, so much better. 
Jesus, your loving kindness. Oh. It's better than oh. It's better. Oh, better than life. Oh, so much better. Jesus, your loving kindness is better than life. Jesus, your loving kindness is better than life itself, better than life itself. Jesus, your loving kindness is better loving kindness oh it's better oh better than life oh so much better jesus your loving kindness is better than life it's better than life Better than life. It's better, better than, than life. life. Sorry. <laughs> um, the composer, Phoebe Palmer Knapp, who lived from 1839. Uh, to, 18, to 1908 played a melody to Fanny Crosby and asked what does this melody say to you and Crosby replied that the tune said blessed assurance Jesus is mine and proceeded to recite the entire first stanza of the now famous hymn Knapp was one of several tune writers that worked with Fanny Crosby it was not unusual for one of her texts to be inspired by a pre-existing tune Knapp was a composer of more than 500 gospel tunes, gospel hymns and tunes. Crosby, the author of more than 8,000 gospel hymn texts, was blind from birth and drew her inspiration from her own faith. She captured the poetic essence of the Wesleyan understanding of Christian perfection in the phrase, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. The entire hymn is focused on heaven, a place where perfect submission and perfect delight will take place. The earthly existence is one of watching and waiting, looking above, as we submit ourselves to Christ and are filled with his goodness and lost in his love. We are remade in Christ's image and are moving towards Christian perfection. This hymn, this hymn appeals to the senses in a rich way. Not only do we have a foretaste of glory, we experience visions of rapture that burst in my sight, and we hear echoes of mercy and whispers of love.
blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Amen. Lord, what can mere mortals do to me? With your loving kindness and the promise that you will never leave me, you are my shield and my sword and are always here for me. I will fear no evil, evil, Lord, because whatever happens to my body, my soul is in your hands. Everything on earth is temporary. Everything in your realm is permanent. Hold me in your hands, Lord, and be with me in times of trouble. Show me the way to be with you for eternity. For you are the one true God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. Have mercy upon me, a poor sinner, and be with me until the end. Amen. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. Even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back, I know you are near And I will fear no evil For my God is with me And if my God is with me Whom then shall I fear? Every 
light that is coming for the heart that holds on a glorious light beyond all compare and there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes we'll live to know you here on the earth and i will fear no evil for my god is with me and if my god is with me whom then shall i fear whom then shall i fear oh no you never let go through the calm and through the storm Won't you please read with me the uh, responsive reading, folks? Excuse me, Emily. Oh. I don't have the remote. I don't know what it is. You guys are going to have to watch that. Your remote? Okay. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So the good shepherd tends to his flock with love and patience. When the sheep go astray, he finds them, helps them to be upright, and guides them back to the flock. He tends to his lamb's needs and makes sure that they have food for their souls and living water to slake their thirst. His rod and staff keep, them, keep the sheep safe. His word and watchful eye warn off creatures who slouch back and into the darkness. Through this troubled world we walk, shiny baubles leading us astray. But the, shepherd call, the shepherd's call brings us back to him and the sweet grass upon which we feed and upon which we will rest in eternity. 23rd Psalm is probably one of the most famous passages in the Bible. 
And I want to emphasize again, as, as Chip read it and um, he gave a real good commentary on it, that the 23rd Psalm is not for people who have died. It's for the living, all right? Many times we hear it at the funerals, but it is for people who are living life. And life can get tough. We know that, correct? But we have a good shepherd. And we're going to talk about the good shepherd as, as we go through this. And um, <clears throat> when we straighten out some facts about what a shepherd is all about, excuse me, <clears throat> you'll see how much more important this is this will be in our lives so before we do that would you join me uh i want to pray for uh tommy that healing continue to go well uh i want to pray uh please for our country uh, which is in a royal mess and i want to pray also for uh people who still are recovering but need to be here okay uh, it takes a little bit more effort, but they still need to be here. Uh, so as we as we do that, um, I'll ask uh, uh, whoever's going to assist in the um, offering to come up. We'll pray for those things, and I'll pray for the offering, then we'll wait upon you for tithes and offerings. Let's pray. Father, you give us the great shepherd the one who leads us, the one who provides for us, the one who protects us, and Father, the one who laid down his life for us. Father, we thank you. We don't deserve Jesus, but we thank you for grace and mercy. We also thank you for your holiness, Father, that sin needed to be atoned for under your terms, and that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice in my place to pay for my sin on the cross. Thank you, thank you, Father, for the opportunities that we continue to have to minister. The uh, deliveries for the foods um, and the groceries went very well yesterday, Father. We thank you. They've been going well all summer. We thank you that we could be of assistance to further the kingdom of God. And Father, now we stand in the gap for our brother Tom. We just ask that uh, the healing of his toe would, would be good and complete, that all the infection would be gone. We pray that you bring him home soon, Father, so he can uh, be back in his house and recover there. We pray, Father, that um, the treatments that the doctors, the nurses recommend are all the right ones and that this problem, Father, would be healed and gone. We also ask, Father, for prayers for our country. Our country is in, in very bad shape. We pray, Father, that there would be a awakening with our government leaders, that instead of looking to their own interests, they would look to Jesus to to model how he leads. He leads with integrity, with honesty, with holiness, always with the benefit of others in mind. Father, the, uh, the attitudes in our country continue to get worse, more cynical, uh, 
tempers are, are flaring. And again, just last night in Philadelphia, there were uh, five or six more people shot, Father. I mean, this is, this is insanity. But yet, Father, it's nothing new. When we have a society that disregards you, this is what happens. I pray for families. I pray, that Father, that families would come back to you, that um, looking to you and under your care, they would become stronger and deeper in love with each other and you. I pray for communities that they would wake up, Father, to the, uh, the utter trash that's being taught in the school systems. The, the tolerating of buying drugs for revenue for the state and the town. Oh, Father, we need you. We need you desperately. Pray for our young people, Father, as uh, a little over a month they'll be back in school again. We pray that uh, they will be able to discern what is right, what is according to your word, and what is not right. Father, give those who know Christ a holy boldness to stand up for what's right. I pray, Father, for this offering. I pray, Father, that you would bless the gift and the giver. Pray that we can, uh, we can go on to proclaim the gospel here through media and wherever you might take us. And Father, we pray that you're glorified through this all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the challenges of communication is um, to communicate as clearly as you can. Now, in saying that, I can tell you this. I've been doing this for over th well over 30 years. And no matter how clearly sometimes you think you're communicating, someone's always going to misunderstand. <laughs> uh, it's amazing to me, but it, it happens. It happens to all of us. Let me give you an example of misunderstanding. There was a pastor uh, in a, a small church like ours. They were going through some financial difficulties. So he, he made an announcement on one Sunday morning. He said, look, if anybody feels that it would be the right thing to do to donate $1,000 to the church, I will give that person an opportunity to pick three hymns. 
right? So there was a, let's say, a more mature woman in the congregation, and um, she gave the $1,000. So the pastor called her up the following week and said, you can choose any three hymns you wish. And she looks over the congregation, she says, I want him, him, and him. <laughs> she misunderstood what the hymns were, right? <laughs> Listen. We can laugh at something like that, but to me there is no greater misfortune, if I could put it that way, than misunderstanding who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus was fighting here. Every, uh, this, this whole passage, by the way, uh, evolves around healing the man who was blind from birth. All right? That argument's still going on as we pick this up. And as we pick this up, Jesus is trying to help the Pharisees realize that they're not only misunderstanding, but they're spiritually blind, and they need to see him for who he is. Now, I feel there is no more effective communicator than Jesus Christ. He said things very plainly. And even at that, the Pharisees had a problem, didn't they? His own disciples had a problem. But the Pharisees had a, a problem. Their problem was terminal. <laughs> their, their understanding was clouded by their own pride, their selfishness, their greed, their hunger for power, uh, their self-righteousness. They believed that they were the epitome of holiness, which they weren't. They were the epitome of hypocrisy. So we picked this up here. Before we pick this up, we have to know a little bit about shepherds. There are still shepherds in the Mideast. Of course, there's some shepherds in our country. But in the Mideast, uh, in Jesus' time, shepherds were important, although they weren't acknowledged as being important. They smelled. In fact, uh, historians record, record that when a shepherd came into town, you could smell them before you could see them. And people would, like, get out of their way. If, they, if the shepherd was coming down this side of the street, they'd cross over. They were considered kind of the lowlifes. Yet they had an important job. Shepherds in the Mideast, in Jesus' time, they didn't raise sheep to be slaughtered. They raised them for wool. Okay? Uh, and... Not only did they reason for wool, but when they got a, what they believed as an unblemished lamb, well, that could be used for an offering then. But that's the only time they were killed, okay? Now, a shepherd is one who is totally invested in the flock. Isn't that true? One who's totally invested in the flock. When I mean, what I mean by that is that the shepherd's priority is their welfare. Not his own, but their welfare. Well, let's look at who were shepherds. You had Moses. He was a shepherd. He was pretty important. 
You had Abraham. He was a shepherd. He was pretty important. You had Jacob. Yeah, he was a shepherd too, right? David. King David. Probably the best training a king could have is to be a shepherd. Because that's where they learn how to lead. And that's where they learn how to serve. Even Amos was a shepherd, the prophet. You know, we, we have to look at these things. And, you know, David really gave us an example of what a good shepherd does. Uh, listen, David wasn't perfect. Jesus was. But David uh, talks about how he, he single-handedly defeated what? The bear who was trying to get the, the, the sheep at his own expense of his own life. He, tried, you know, he, he, he was willing to die for his sheep. There's other characteristics here that we need to talk about. One of the characteristics is, is this, that we all know sheep are dumb, correct? We're dumb. We're, con we're called sheep sometimes. However, there's one way the, sh the sheep excel. They know the voice of the one who cares for them. They know the shepherd's voice. In Israel, at night, the shepherds would come back with their flocks, and they would have maybe four, five, six, even as much as ten different flocks in one area walled off, and there was a gatekeeper. So only, only the, you know, the sheep won't wander off, but only the shepherd would be able to go in. And even with ten flocks in the fold, if I could put it that way, if a shepherd went in and called his sheep, and they, they used to name their sheep. That's how personal they get, right? They used to name their sheep. Only his sheep would come out. Isn't that amazing? They knew his voice. Only his sheep would come out. So we know a shepherd protects, a shepherd nurtures, a shepherd provides the food, a shepherd leads. Shepherds don't push a flock. Did you ever see a flock? If you try to push a flock, you better not stand behind the sheep. <laughs> a shepherd leads. Jesus leads. Correct? And, you know, uh, this is all important stuff for us to know. And like Jesus, the shepherd was willing to die to protect his flock to save them. Wow. So this is where we pick it up. Verse 1 of chapter 10. This is still now the Pharisees and Jesus talking. Um, this is all on the heels of the man who was blind from birth, being healed by Jesus on the Sabbath, which infuriated the Pharisees. And he says this. Very truly, when Jesus says that, he's saying, you can't get truer than this, right? Very truly, I tell you, you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep by, um, I, I'm sorry, enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in any other ways 
is a thief and a robber. In other words, if you're a legitimate shepherd, you're going to go in through the door. You're not going to go in through the, you know, climbing the walls or anything like that because those are thieves and robbers. Thieves and robbers just want the sheep for their own personal gain. Isn't that correct? What the Pharisees uh, didn't catch here was this, that Jesus was describing them by their legalism, by their hypocrisy, by their shallow religion, they were trying to steal sheep, put burdens on them that they could never, ever bear. And really, he's calling them here thieves and robbers. Right? The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd. Well, that's common sense, correct? But then Jesus uses a couple of metaphors. Listen, you got to follow this closely. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. It's incredible. If you ever go to the Mideast and you have an opportunity to see how shepherds operate, it's amazing to see this. Well, why do you, you know, what do you, what do you name a sheep? Jimmy, Joan, no, no. Usually they would name them by a characteristic, okay? For instance, if, if one had, you know, a brown, you know, paw or brown leg, you know, they would have a name that fit a characteristic. But they named every sheep, and the sheep knew their name. It's amazing. Do you realize that before you and I were born, Jesus knew our name because he's a good shepherd. He knew our name. That's why, you know, I have to laugh. I I saw a headline, uh, and this is no reflection on Taylor Swift. You know, she's got a nice voice, whether you like her music or not. That's not the point. But she was in concert in Seattle, and Seattle um, size, uh, seismic scientists recorded a 2.3 earthquake generated by the stadium. Which means that stadium had to be full and rocking, right? And listen, you know, hey, it's nice to go to concerts. I've been to many concerts and all. But it's Taylor Swift. She doesn't know the name of anybody in that audience. And yet on Sundays, we should be rocking the churches because of the one who knew the name before I was born. He's the one who called me. I didn't find him. He found me. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know if you've ever been to Yankee Stadium. I have a few times where they've, been, they've had a sellout and people go nuts, you know, when somebody hits a home run. I mean, the whole place shakes. It's, it's weird. No, it shakes. Well, Jesus can top that. (laughs) On the day of Pentecost, when he sent the Spirit, the whole place shook. The whole place shook. And he sent them for people whose names he had already known. It's amazing. He calls his own sheep by name. He calls them out. And he goes on to say, 
when he has brought out his all his own, he goes ahead of them. Notice that he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow because uh, follow him because they know his voice. Okay, well that's a good thing. There's a difference in leadership when you lead versus pushing and intimidation. Which, by the way, is the model for leadership that the world has. Push and intimidate. Push and intimidate. Do you like your job? You better do this. I'm going to push you to do this. No, no, no. Jesus led. The secular world knows nothing of what true leadership is. That's why they didn't like Jesus. He led. And the sheep followed. The moment he called your name and you came to him, he's been leading you ever since, if you let him. 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, if you don't let him lead you, then you can't rightly say the Lord is my shepherd. Right? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want you to get the imagery that, that's here. Jesus says they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So yeah, uh, sheep are stupid, but they're not that stupid. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They were at least intelligent enough to know the voice of the shepherd. You You know, somebody was saying to me, well, maybe it's built into their DNA. I don't know. All I know is this, that God designed them this way as an example for us because we're sheep we are prone to wander just like a sheep is we are prone to get ourselves into trouble just like a sheep is and if you are a true believer of Christ there are predators out there waiting for you simply because Satan wants to sideline you so you're not effective for the kingdom of God. Jesus used this figure of speech that says, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. It's not like the woman who gave the $1,000. I mean, that's, that, that's a comical misunderstanding, right? This is serious. They did not understand what he was telling them. And he goes on to say, Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. You know what Jesus is telling the Pharisees here? No one comes into the family of God. No one comes into the fold unless they come through faith in him. He's the gate, right? I mean, how much plainer can you be? I'm the gate. And he says, there's been many others who tried to tell you how, how to have a right relationship with God, how to uh, enter the family of God and all that. He's saying they're, they're robbers, they're thieves. They're out for their own selves, their, their own greed, their own power, their own uh, fame. And he says, no, I'm the gate. 
critics today would say that's too exclusive. No, it's not. What does Jesus say? Anyone who comes to me. Anyone. But see, the difference between what Jesus says and what the world says today is simply this. When we come to Jesus and we receive him as our Lord and Savior, that means we're coming on God's terms. That means we recognize sin as sin. We don't change the definition of sin. We recognize sin as sin. We repent of it and confess it and ask God's help to, to help us keep from sinning again. That's important because a lot of times people believe we can go to God on his terms. Isn't that what they tried to do with the Tower of Babel? We, they tried to come to God on their own terms. And God said, ah, we're not going to have this. Uh, and, of course, he confused the languages. You know the story, okay? But we got to come on God's terms. That's why I, I really get concerned when I hear people say, you know, uh, there's many paths to God. No, there's not. There's one. His name is Jesus. Well, you know, God doesn't, you know, God won't reject any, uh, everyone. No, no, we reject him. Let's get the story straight. We reject him. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. That's plain, right? They will come in and out and find pasture. Now, that, that uh, sentence is, of course, theologians... Uh, uh, some argument, and I, I don't see what they're arguing about, to be honest with you. Because what this is saying is when, when you come to Christ and you acknowledge him, Lord, you're my shepherd. That means under his supervision, we're going to have safety and freedom. Isn't freedom, they, they will come in and go out? That's freedom. And do what? Find pasture. Whoa. Under the direction of the shepherd. But the implication here is that we follow the shepherd. Because he knows what's best for us. You know, it's the same thing with the Lord's Prayer. Um, 23rd Psalm is recited in churches. Um, you know, a lot Lord's Prayer is recited in churches. There's not, nothing wrong with that. However, it loses its meaning. We can't say the Lord is my shepherd if we refuse to acknowledge him as shepherd. We can't say our Father who art in heaven unless we acknowledge him as Father. That means we submit. It's not just nice words. The thief only comes, comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. Do we understand that? Okay. I have come that they, who? The sheep, may have life and have it to the full. A lot of people think they're living full lives without Christ. And it would appear that way sometimes, doesn't it? Except it's an empty shell. It's an empty shell. And that's what the world wants you to buy. It's what Hollywood wants you to buy. You know? 
you know, I had a laugh. There was a politician who was, uh, had a office uh, in the federal government uh, some years ago. And when this politician got voted out, she made the statement that uh, you know, she was almost broke. Well, a, a reporter questioned her and said, what do you mean almost broke? Well, you know, I, ha I have roughly a million dollars in assets. That's broke. You know, it, it, it's, it, we, we think we can change the rules to make it fit us. Thieves do that. They come, they steal, they destroy for their own personal gain. They don't give a rip about the sheep. They'll do anything to the sheep to get money. But Jesus says, you come through me. I come to give you life and to have it abundantly. Oh, the Pharisees still weren't getting it. So he, Jesus says, let me try this approach. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Where did Jesus do that? On the cross. He gave his life to pay the penalty for us. Did you ever think of it this way? I told you before that a sheep will lay down his life to protect uh, the sheep from a predator. Before we knew Christ, who was the predator? The devil. Now, the devil was defeated at the cross. We know that. He doesn't think so, but he's defeated. Jesus conquered sin. He conquered Satan. And he conquered the grave for our benefit. So that we can conquer sin. We can conquer Satan. And we know where we're going after the grave, don't we? All because of the good shepherd. All because of the good shepherd. The hired hand. In other words, if a shepherd hires somebody, um, or the owner of the flock, I should say, hires somebody, uh, that hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. In other words, when you're not invested in the flock, all you want to do is get a paycheck. At the first sign of danger, you run. All right? This is what the Pharisees were doing. They weren't invested in their people. They could care less about their people. All they were interested was in their paycheck, in their appearance, and in their standing in the community. They, none of them would lay down their lives for anybody else. None of them. Well, it goes on. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. This is, a, you know, again, one of the seven I am's in John. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. This, this is talking about the intimacy between a husband and wife. 
This is an intimate knowledge, not a head knowledge. The Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay my life down for the sheep. Well, I get offended by the cross. Good, you should. Really, the cross is an offense. That's what Paul says. Why is it an offense? Because the cross means that there was nothing we can do to make ourselves acceptable before God. Jesus had to do it for us. You know, I, maybe I'm getting old and grumpy, I think. Because I, you know, I hear you know, people all over the place trying to rewrite the Bible, trying to justify their own sinful living, trying to, I'm, and I'm talking about sometimes Christians. Well, God will understand. Yeah, really? I don't think so. Let me ask you a question. Is, is the Lord your shepherd? See, the sheep obey the shepherd. Yeah, they'll go wayward sometimes, right? But what does the shepherd do? He'll bring him back. He'll bring him back. Did you ever watch the gong show? Yeah. Right? They had the hook. It's like a shepherd's hook. That's you know, it's where it comes from. And if a sheep started to wander off, the shepherd would, you know, kind of put the hook around his neck and bring him back. And they also had a prod. The rod and thy staff. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Can you imagine that? Sometimes the prod had to be used to prod the sheep a little bit. It was definitely used against predators. But sometimes when sheep go wayward, the shepherd, in love, will bring them back. And if it requires the rod and the staff, that should be a comfort to the sheep. You know why? Because it shows the sheep care, uh, the shepherd cares, and he loves them. Thy rod and thy staff, well, they comfort me. Wow. Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he says, this is great. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. In other words, Jesus started looking to the future because Really, at Pentecost, primarily, uh, the church was Jewish at that time. And Jesus knew that there were others who were going to hear his voice and come to him, namely, who? The Gentiles. So he, he's, he's prophesying here a little bit. He says, I must bring them uh, also. They, too, will listen to my voice, and they shall be one flock with one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay my life uh, and only take it up again. Jesus voluntarily gave his life for us. Voluntarily. Not only did he give his life for us, but he took it up again three days later, didn't he? To validate his atoning sacrifice. And then he goes on to say... No one takes it from me. You, know, you, think, you think that Herod you know, and, and Pilate killed me and the Roman soldiers? He says, no, I did that of my own, out of my own love for you. Out of his own accord, that's what it says. 
I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. How did that happen? Wait a minute. The Jews who had heard these words were again divided. You know, Jesus was great. You know, here he has the Pharisees and, you know, and he told them this is very plain. And now they, they're arguing among themselves. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Of course, they're talking about the man Jesus just healed, correct? And then it ends with this. Oh, no, that's where it ends. Okay. All right. Everybody has, is faced with determining who Jesus is. No one escapes this life without having to make that decision. Misunderstanding who Jesus is has eternal consequences. But understanding who Jesus really is has great reward. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He'll provide everything I need, right? Not necessarily what I think I need, but what he knows I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me what? Lie down in green pastures. Sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses to be refreshed. To ref be refreshed in who? In him. Right? you got to refuel. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's when life gets crazy and tough. I will feel no evil. Why? Because my shepherd's with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. He cares for me. And surely, not maybe, but surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not my sin, not my failure, not my shame. They've been nailed to the cross. But only God's goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Then after my life is over here, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's beautiful, huh? But we have to understand. We come to him as our shepherd. And we need to submit to him. I really think the church in North America is in for a rude awakening. And what I mean by that is because for too many years now, um, even churches have, have uh, wanted to do things their own way. That's never good. Because that's when God ceases to be the shepherd. And you say, oh, pastor, can you never get like that? Really? Look at the church at Ephesus. 
Jesus says, I stand outside the door. I knock. No one's letting me in. There are churches like that even today. I pray we're not one of them. That we make the Lord our shepherd. I just want to end with something else that Jesus said, and it ties in. And we've all been guilty of this. There are things in life that happen, things we should be concerned about, but not worried about. There's a difference, isn't there? Because worry can paralyze. Worry can sidetrack us. And Jesus said these words. Tell me, did worrying add one day to your life? Don't you realize the Father cares for you? Let him worry. Just keep being obedient to the Good Shepherd. Boy, we need to hear that today. However, I have to tell you, I look forward to the days of Elijah. When I hear that trumpet. I mean, if it happens today, I'm okay with that. How about you? Uh, you know, let's, yeah, Lord come. Maranatha, what does that mean? Come, Lord Jesus, right? Mar come, Lord Jesus, come. We need to be found ready. We need to be found doing his work, faithfully serving him, faithfully loving others, and faithfully leading others to his grace. Behold, he comes. I'm going to ask the uh, praise team to come up. As we, as we uh, sing this, uh, this great song, of course, it looks forward to the second coming of Christ. Uh, I really thought about tying this message into the concept of tithing. Because uh, tithing was established even before the law was given. Because some people say, oh, it's an Old Testament concept. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, we give to God because we, we, we love God. That should be the motivation. And we give to the work of the, uh, of the church. But I can tell you this, when we tithe, what we're saying is that we're trusting God, that the money will be used to further his kingdom, and that God continues to provide for us. Mm. It belongs to him anyhow, doesn't it? Would you stand, please? Mm hmm? These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. 
And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we're the voice in the desert crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, burning on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your voice, the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion till salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant, David, rebuilding the temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest, the fields are as wide in your world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee. And out of Zion till salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion till salvation comes. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice, zero jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. Joe, if you can turn the camera off, that's it. Emily, uh, there's YouTube. Before we start this, and make sure the volume's turned up, please. This, this so warmed my heart. These are Marines. Worshiping God in a military now that's not allowed to mention the name of Jesus. Take a lesson from them, because these are not the frozen chosen. These are Marines who are passionate about the Lord. Put the volume up, please.
I thank God for the men and women in the service who are bold for Christ. And uh, hoorah. hoorah. You can only do that if you were in the service, though, right? Hoorah. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you learn anything from this, learn you could be enthusiastic even in your worship. All right? Uh, you know, we don't have to stand there like we're half dead. We have a lot to celebrate. So take a lesson from our, our men and women who defend us and from our great shepherd. Worship in Jesus' days, we'll talk about this in John, was very animated. You may not realize it, but you know, people just didn't sit there like, like this. And let me tell you something. If, if you weren't listening to Jesus, he'd call you out. He'd call you out. So um, with that, let's pray. Uh, and uh, my prayer is going to be that God send us out with the same enthusiasm for our great shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, the, for this time together. Thank you for all those who are here. We pray your blessing on them. We pray, Father, that you would uh, open up opportunities for each of us to be a blessing to others and to lead others to Christ. And so, Father, dismiss us in the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in, in the name of our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless. You're dismissed. Have a great